Leadership File on Premiere. Welcome to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, the show that aims to help change the way you lead. It's not uncommon for us to hear the question asked, what street do you live on? Meaning, of course, the name of the street and the number or name of the house. But you may know that there are children in the world who literally do live on the street, in poverty and at the mercy of those wishing to use and abuse them. Thankfully, there are those who are keen that such children do not remain there. And I'm joined this week by Lynn Morris, the CEO of the charity Toy Box, whose strapline is changing the world for street children. So welcome, Lynn, to Leadership Form. Thank you very much, Andy. Good to, good to see you. Um, how did you come to be the CEO at uh, Toybox? Ah, oh, good question. Um, I was working for another organisation and Toybox um, sent out via tweet and Facebook and all those modern mm. ways of communicating. They sent out a message saying they were looking for a new CEO. And I was really very comfortable where I was. I felt God had got a plan for me and I was, you know, doing what I should be doing. And then my phone just rang and people that I had worked with, people I was working with in my team were like, this is for you. This is for you. I'd never been a CEO before. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure if this is for me. But I thought, well, OK, I've had so much encouragement. I'll go for the interviews the very many interviews that I went through and each stage I got through and I thought oh okay despite the, my many failings and the many things they listed that you know I would need to learn or I'd need to get better at and eventually I got the job and uh, oh so pleased I did because it's just the best organisation to work for so it was a long process to get there but now I've been at Toybox nearly four years so and really enjoying it. It's, well, it's great to hear that level of clarity in terms of you know your friends and family because those people say that oh, that's it, a key area of guidance is is to listen to and it was brilliant and it was even members of my team who then realized i would be leaving i'm not sure if that's a good thing <laughs> but you know they were like this is they absolutely felt you know it was for me and it was what my calling was so yes yeah so if people don't want you to leave they do, or do want you to leave they don't say anything i think it's the, <laughs> it's it's the answer so. but it was universal <laughs> no, no, even sure. my mom saw it so oh, you know yeah, yeah so it was brilliant so, so your, your own journey to faith oh a little bit boring, if I'm honest. So brought up in a, a Christian family, um, always attended school, always quite active in church. Um, uh, it was a, a, a church school. And then I think university was the, the challenge. I think it, at university I was a bit like, mm, OK, this looks like I don't have to go. Um, I can choose not to go. And my first year, not interested, didn't join anything that was to do with this Jesus mm. chap. And then I think in my second year I thought, you know what, something's actually missing. I just felt a little bit superficial if that's the right word um, and I don't mean that in any disrespectful way to anybody else and started to go back slowly slowly back into church and just thought do you know what this is where I'm comfortable this is where I can express myself so yeah I had I suppose one little blip in my first year at university but um, Christian family and uh, yeah. which part of the world did you grow up in? I grew up in South Africa Okay. So my parents are Glaswegians and uh, they emigrated to South Africa so I can do a very good Scottish accent right. and a very good South African accent. And so the university was in South Africa? No, I, my the parents UK. had returned to the UK okay. by that point so I went to a British university. Um, so yes, brought up in South Africa where I think uh, you're at that stage, it was during apartheid South Africa, okay. so you're confronted daily by choices to yeah. make. Well, 
Uh, and, and Toy Box, we've mentioned uh, a little bit about them in the introduction, but uh, how has it developed over the years? When did it start and how did it develop? Well, Toy Box has been going nearly 25 years now. We're, it was nearly its uh, 25th year. And it was started when a couple were watching a BBC documentary and it was about street children being shot in Guatemala. And they thought, this can't possibly be happening. Hopped on a plane and saw that it was and came back and created Toy Box. And... Toybox has grown from that point. Uh, we work in lots more countries. Uh, you know, Guatemala was the first one. We're still in Guatemala, but we're in countries like El Salvador and India and Peru and Kenya at the moment. Um, sadly, uh, only three weeks ago, we found out that children, three children, had been shot on the streets of Guatemala. So for me, there was a deep, deep sadness to think 25 years ago it was happening. And you know what? It was happening. It's happening this year. It's happening now. So the organisation still needed, sadly, um, to help to protect these young people and to protect these children. And so the the initial um, when they when they flew out and what were the kind of things they wanted to do that that led to the charity and that led to the support going on? It was around street children in particular that mm. they wanted to focus on. So it was to try and uh, engage with street children to see if they could encourage them to come off the streets. Mm. And I think what they found and what we still find today is that there are so many push factors that get the young people onto the streets, um, which can be around abuse at home, uh, lack of income at home. It can be a, a whole variety of things. And then there's what we call the pull factors onto the streets you know the idea that you can make money the idea that you're in a friendship group the idea mm. that you're you know important I suppose um, so it's to engage with these young people and to sort of say okay how can we start the conversation to get life back to normal whatever normal may be and, and we use drama and sport to do that because most of the young people are so distrustful of adults because of what they've suffered that it takes a long time to even begin the conversation to mm. say can we get you back home could we get you to extend your extended family that it's a long long process and I have to say each time at Toybox that we hear of a child who's made the decision to change their lives and come off the streets we uh, we definitely celebrate sure sure um I mean you must be asked the question if if you if you feel what you're doing is a drop in the ocean you've mentioned you know that, that there's been children shot even 25 years after the, yeah. the first thing and, and you how do you respond to that Oh, well, I think that's an easy one. I've got two small people myself, and uh, I just think each child that is actually saved is off the street and makes a different choice for themselves then it's got to be worth it you know I remember years and years ago uh, listening to Bob Geldof when he was talking about band-aid mm. and I won't use some of the phrases he used sure. but he you know he said something along the lines of you know I would pay 30 million pounds just to have one child mm. you know fed and safe and secure and I would pay 30 million pounds to keep my children secure so and if we all just do a little bit then you know each drop in the ocean becomes a stream becomes a you know, a, a fountain becomes a river, doesn't it, really? Yeah. So, uh, And you'll have stories, no doubt, of, of children you've helped. Yep, there's great stories of children who we know that their lives have been completely transformed. And I think some of them, uh, the more serious ones, are children who have been sexually abused. And then they start that journey, they come off the streets, and they start that journey to rebuild themselves stage by stage by stage. I met one little girl whose story was uh, really horrendous and she had been disfigured by her own mother her own mother had 
um, cut her in the face and sadly she had been uh, abused. So this little girl each day stood up, looked in the mirror, saw what her face looked like and whatever internal challenges she was facing, but she got up and each day she moved forward and she's made amazing progression. Her name's Claudia and if I'm ever feeling a bit like, ooh, I'm stuck in an Excel spreadsheet or I've got to go to a board meeting, I just think of her and I think her mm. step forward every day is absolutely inspirational. Well, um, and uh, I mean, you, you've visited the area, some of the areas that you work in and you, you know what it does to you and how you deal with that emotion? Oh, that's a good question. Um, different ways. There are sometimes I come back and I am so cross uh, that you do not want to be sitting next to me on the train uh, because I just, I'm so mad that an injustice like this can continue in, in where we are today in 2016. It just blows my brains away. Um, and I have to channel that anger to sort of say, OK, well, what can I do and how can I talk about these young people and what can Toybox do to change their lives and help them? Um, other times I come back and I just want to weep. I want to crawl into a corner and I just want to weep because I just, again, I look at humanity and I think, goodness me, we've got to be better than this. Mm. And then other times I come back and I am elated because I've seen humanity in its most glorious light. Um, last time I was in Guatemala, we were out um, helping to feed street children in the evening. And it's always a fairly, you know, uh, what's the word? Dramatic's not the right, but challenging because the children can sometimes be sniffing glue and you're never quite sure which way the atmosphere will go. And sitting next to me on the bus was a 92 year old lady. And um, we started to chat and I said, what are you doing here? And she was like, I do it every Tuesday night this is what I do. I come out and I talk to these young people. She was 92. She was wow. brilliant. <laughs> so she inspired me. So coming home after meeting her was just joyous. And uh, the key challenges uh, for, for leading a charity with, with that kind of uh, backdrop? I think at the moment, uh, and I, I probably speak for quite a lot of charities, is income's a struggle. Mm. Um, and I think also public perception of us is really... Uh, unfortunate at the moment. I think there's been a lot of negative stories about uh, charities. I, I don't know whether it's all true or some of it's mm. true, but I just feel that um, it erodes people's confidence in all of us if one organisation doesn't do uh, what it should be doing and isn't mm. exemplifying best practice. And I think when you enter into working in a charity, you're an emotive person. And when you hear your organisation or your sector constantly being, you know, uh, devalued, that can be quite challenging. So I think my job as the CEO is to get my team to say, that's not us. You know, come on, let's lift our heads. Let's crack on. Um, and if we make mistakes, to learn from them, to fix them as quickly as we can, to apologise appropriately and to move on. So... I think for me, yeah, public perception and then the constant raising of income because we're so passionate to raise as much money as we can, not for the money in its, uh, you know, in its own sake, but obviously to support as many children as we can. We're well, listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Lynn Morris, the CEO of the charity Toy Box. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Lynn Morris. Lynn is the CEO of the charity Toy Box, whose strapline is changing the world uh, for street, street children. We, we talked before the break of how the charity started some 25 years ago, 
uh, when a, a couple were concerned, particularly with uh, hearing of, of children being shot on the streets of Guatemala. Uh, and now it's extended to other countries. And uh, we were talking just before the break of the, the challenges of leading a charity. You talked about the, the financial challenge, Lynn. How, how does how does the mechanism of support take place? How, tell us, for, for people ignorant of Toybox, how yeah. they could support. Oh, well, they can pop onto our website, yeah. which is uh, toybox.org.uk. Mm-hmm. And we have got ways, all sorts of different ways people mm-hmm. can support us. We have got um, people could support us on a regular monthly basis. Okay. Uh, that would be amazing. Um, obviously, people can give us one-off gifts. Uh, we have fabulous people who include us in their legacies, uh, people praying for us, people hosting tea parties for us, people running the London Marathon for us. So there's a a huge variety of ways that uh, people can support Toybox. and then the money, how does a, ch- a child on the street benefit from the money that, that would be given? What would yeah, we, we basically we work through partners because we believe that that's the, the partners know the context, they understand the situation a lot better than us, uh, you know, arriving from Milton Keynes, which is where we're based and, you know, giving our views. So we work through partners and those partners would then look at, at children who are struggling. So we have, our work is divided into three different streams and our first stream is prevention. And that's when we realise that a child is maybe spending a little bit too too many hours on the street, working on the street. So there is the attempt to go to the family unit and say, OK, what's the problem? Can we help unpack any of the problems? Some of it's bad parenting, so there's parenting classes on offer. Some of it's about income, so it's how we can help families generate more income. At, because if we can prevent the child from obviously ending up on the streets, it's a much better place to be in. So that's the first strand of our work. The second strand is around when the child is actually on the streets. And uh, this is by far the, the, the most challenging area of our work. And as I said a little bit earlier on, around how to engage with the child and how do we build confidence how does the adult build confidence with that young person to sort of say, okay, there is another life, there is another choice for you, would you like to take it? So many months can go into children making that decision. And then we do try, if possible, to get them back to family. If family was the problem, then maybe extended family, grandparents or aunts or uncles. And if we can't do that, then it's residential units that the children go into. And then the third stage is what we call our restoration stage, which is where the child is in a safe place but needs to recover. And, uh, you know, that's where psychiatrists and psychologists come in because sadly so many of the children have been abused. It's what support do they need to start to grasp some sense of normality for themselves and to build their future, you know, to to find their dreams and to fulfil those dreams. So it's a little like, I suppose, in the UK context, what's called detached youth work, except with, with children. So there'll be there are people who are working on the streets, connecting with these Absolutely. children and, and trying to engage in conversation. Yep. And then yeah, we call them our outreach workers. Outreach workers so they're yeah. out at mm. night and during mm. the day, and you know they mm. go to the most dangerous areas of cities where you know most of us would be terrified to yeah. to even drive through. So they're out there at night with with the children, uh, distributing food, mm. distributing clothing if required, you know, and just building that relationship. Mm. So when we'll um. Maybe come back to toy bucks a bit later. But in terms of your your, your leading, and you mentioned how um, 
you know, a lot of folk could encourage you to be CEO, but you've never been CEO before. Nope. So talk about the challenges of, of that and what you did what you've enjoyed and what you try and bring to it and, and, and how that's all worked out for you. Yeah, I've been so, so blessed because the chair of the board, um, a chap called David Lowbridge, has been brilliant. Mm. Um, so he's one of these people that's supportive, but without sort of sitting on your mm. shoulder. So he's been fabulous. I, I've been really, really blessed to have him over the last four years. Mm. And then the team, the team have been great. So I have the privilege of being surrounded by um, great people who really know their stuff know what they're doing are completely motivated and uh, you know crack on and do it so um, that's been what's held me and encouraged me to grow and to deepen um, my understanding of leadership and also trying different techniques of leadership so and and you know you have this interface with staff you have the interface with the, the church public, mm-hmm. the, the, those who's donate, donating and supporting you, and, and those you hope will, and you also have the connection with with those on the field who who need who are the need people in need. How do you find each of those elements? Uh, it's brilliant. It's uh, it is such a joy because I think what you've got when you come out and you meet uh, members of the, the, the UK public and the, the churches you meet amazing people who have got such generous hearts for all sorts of different things including Toy Box and give good feedback you know say I like this Lynn but I didn't like this mm. which is fabulous because you know we sit in the office and with the best intention in the world we think oh this is a great idea and as we send it out we're sending it out positively but then people receive it and go "Mm." so having the conversation and the dialogue I love it when people phone up and complain because at least you know you went wrong somewhere and you've got a chance to fix it and most people are completely reasonable and just share their story and you take it on board so I really do enjoy that I I love getting out and about and meeting people Um, and everybody's fascinating everybody brings their slant to it Uh, the team as I said are great and of course hard working and you don't come into this sector and you definitely don't come and work for a, a charity that deals with street children if you aren't prepared to have the core of your soul rocked by stories that you hear and to be challenged Uh, but the ultimate privilege is to be invited into a child's life to be able to get off the plane in El Salvador and to be invited to sit with a group of street children with the sun on the back of your neck as the rest of the world walks past them and steps over them and you sit on a mat with them and you hear what has happened to these young people and I promise them each time I meet a child I say to them I will tell your story I will come back to the UK and I will tell your story and sometimes that's difficult because their stories are are hard um, and I don't want to sanitize it and I don't want to sensationalize their stories I just want to tell the truth Um, and they are always they always give me way more energy, way more enthusiasm, because they are so overwhelmed to think that somebody in the UK cares about them. Mm. Um, and, you know, once you've got past the football chat of Chelsea and Man United, or um, that's what overwhelms them, that somebody so far away actually cares that, um, you know, that, that their life progresses, that they make good choices. Um, so... Just a joy, just a joy. Oh, it's good to hear, good to hear. Um, and you, how do you decide on your priorities? You've got, you know, so much going on. Um, you know, as the weeks unfold, 
Do you have any particular ways of, of doing that? Yeah, we have a strategy, as most organisations yeah. do, so we try to, to follow that, not rigidly, because, of course, mm. the environment changes, So, but we know what we would like to achieve. We know the countries we'd like to be working mm. in. We know the numbers of children we'd like to be impacting. So we try, you know, and we're always driven by that, and then we have to sit down and say, OK, how do we get the money in that can help us deliver these, these good things? So that's our main focus. Um, and I suppose really it's for me it's about not being because there's lots of shiny things that are exciting to go and do and mm. uh, you know lots of uh, places you could be visiting but I constantly have to say to myself okay what does this do in relation to the children you are met in El Salvador does this help in getting uh, more support to them uh, and so that's a constant question that that we you know I ask myself and I encourage the team to ask themselves as they're doing things so that you can remain quite um, purist in your approach, I suppose. Sure. And I guess the, the, the challenge as, you've, if you, as you're looking to expand is to, is to look after that which you already have. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and then and, and try and dream, but also knowing that those dreams are to some extent are coloured by the, the kind of income you can... Absolutely, publish. absolutely. And that's a ch- a ch- you, you've, you, you mentioned Guatemala, El Salvador, mm-hmm. and Kenya, Kenya Peru, Peru, Bolivia, Bolivia, and India. And India. So that's, I mean, those, those are all... Big, big places. And which part of India? We're in New Delhi. Okay. Yeah, so we've just recently started to work in New Delhi, so we're helping street children get back into education in New Delhi. So, uh, And I believe it's very difficult. People won't sit next to them. They don't smell very good. So small things like providing soap can change a, a child's experience of going back to school and making them stay in school, well, which, of course, then transforms their their whole future doesn't it so yeah, yeah. yeah. any books and resources you found out oh robert greenleaf the power of oh, servant yes. leadership i know okay. it's an old one but it's fantastic um i just think his articulation that to serve is to lead or to lead is to serve whichever way you you look at it and that i am there to serve my team they are not there in any way to to serve me and he talks about the ability to listen the ability uh, to read situations empathy he just talks about loads of fantastic things which are about the leader taking a role and behind uh, the team and encouraging and pushing the team and growing the team Wonderful. So, Robert Greenleaf, the power of servant, servant leadership. leadership. Okay. Yeah, it's really good. I'm sure, you can uh, highly recommend go, go to it. Your local Christian bookshop, or um, or of course Amazon, if you uh, if you must. If you must. <laughs> <laughs> we want to encourage. We'll be in trouble. Well, now. We, yeah, we want to encourage encourage obviously folk to uh, to use local Christian bookshops where at all possible. But I really appreciate many uh, sadly have shut shut, and um, and therefore sometimes Amazon's the only place or. Or some of the Christian alternatives, mm-hmm. of course, um, Eden and others. Um, he says, trying to, uh, <laughs> trying to <laughs> dig out, dig out of a hole. <laughs> and to Amazon, we would still like to take your donation yes, for toy yes, box. Yes, indeed, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Splendid. Well, Lynn, time's defeated us, but it's been terrific to chat with you. The next stage for, for toy box, of course, is to, is to, to keep on keeping on, keep on keeping on, and reach more children. That's yeah. you know, that's our ultimate. You know, aim is to do as much as we can. Our, our vision is a, a world, a just world with no street children. And quite often people raise their eyebrow at me when I, you know, I say that. And I think, well, of course it's achievable. Why well, wouldn't it be? There have been, there have been huh. um, diseases that have been eradicated. So absolutely. And yeah, I'm sure absolutely. Wilberforce walking the corridors of uh, Parliament 
I'm sure quite a few people told him he couldn't achieve what he did. So. Absolutely. Good for you. And, and just remind you of the website if you want. It's uh, www.toyworks.org.uk. Wonderful. And you can find out more if you uh, have been motivated in, in listening to, to Lynn to, to at least become aware more of Toybox, but also to maybe support that. So fantastic. Thank you very much. So uh, you've been listening to Leadership Farm with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Lynn Morris, the CEO of the charity Toybox. You can log on to Premier's own website and you can listen to archive versions of the Leadership Farm, including this one in due course. Uh, do sign up to uh, iTunes where you can uh, get... Um, and get all the leadership file uh, recordings to your listening device, whatever that might be, uh, and then you can listen at your leisure um, and listen back to other recordings. So I look forward to your company again next uh, Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.